0: I just encourage every single one of you right now, whatever way that you feel comfortable, maybe you want to close your eyes, maybe you want to lift your hands, but I just encourage every single one of you right now, even just in your own way, just to tell God that you love Him. Maybe it's out loud, maybe you'll type it in the chat. This is our moment to just pour our affection to God. And to say, God, we, we love you. And right now we, we've just joined together as a church all over the world just to refocus. Many of us have had difficult weeks. Many of us are struggling with some serious things going on in our lives. And those things are real. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you'd give comfort to those that are hurting. Peace to those that, God, just feel lost and confused. But, God, whatever it is that we're facing, I pray that right now we would find peace when we come into your presence. And so right now, God, although the things that we're facing are real and your heart breaks when our hearts are broken, We've just made a decision that right now in this moment we're just gonna take a moment to breathe and to just say god we we love you and so i just encourage all of us just in your own way pour out your affection to god tell him you love him tell him he's the number one in your life tell him that you're thankful for him and so god we just declare to you right now that we honor you we worship you we magnify the name of jesus that although our struggles are great our god is greater And we put our priorities in the right places today, God. We set aside all of our distractions, all of our other worries, and we've just come to be in your presence. And so we just ask, Holy Spirit, that as we begin to open up your word, to study and to learn, we just pray, God, that you would sharpen us, train us, teach us, encourage us, uplift us, but also correct us and challenge us, God. We, we lay down our lives to, to follow you, to obey you, to love you, and to serve you because you're a good God. And I pray in the name of Jesus that whatever it is that your people need from you today, whether it's financial provision, make a way. Whether it's physical healing, we believe you're a supernatural healer in the name of Jesus for every single person here today. Make a way where there is no way. And God, that's your part. Your part is to do what we can't do, but our part is to worship you, And that's what we've decided to do today, God. With our lives, with every area of our lives, we just declare, God, that we love you, we worship you, thank you for being a good God. And we bless you, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Well, friends, why don't you go ahead, take a seat. Wherever you're watching around the world, hey, it's so good to have you. My name is Susie. I have the honor and privilege to be the preaching pastor here at God Squad Church. I want to extend a special welcome to some legends in the room, y'all that are watching Second Service, YouTube, and even listening on Spotify. It's good to have you. Hey, you're joining us for part four of a series we've been doing called Breathing Room. And the whole premise behind this series is we are looking at the Bible and asking God, what are some of the principles that you want to teach us so that in our lives, we can breathe! I don't know about y'all, but sometimes I get so busy, I don't have time to breathe, don't have time to think. Do me a favor, put a five in chat if you could use more room to breathe in your life. Always stressed, always busy. Not enough time to get it done. And all throughout the series, we've been talking about principles that we believe God wants to show us so that we can have room to breathe. And here's the deal. We're going to be wrapping up this message next week. And then after that, we're going to do something that we do called God Talk. A few times a year after we wrap up a series, we will do something called God Talk. where We'll get some of our pastors on stage and we'll let you guys send in any of the questions you might have about the series we just did. We just talked about a lot of stuff. It's a lot to gather, a lot of information to process. And maybe you've got questions. And here's the deal. We want to answer the questions that will help you grow in your faith. So here's the deal. There's gonna be a link in the chat that's gonna link you to where you can ask these questions. Go ahead, click that link, get your questions in. If you have any questions about this series or just how to make breathing room in your life and then join us October 9th during our services, we're gonna answer those for you. But we've been in this series and using this illustration of a hard drive. Now if you know me very well, I don't really know computers very well. I'm not the greatest uh, PC guy, I'm not super tech savvy, but the thing I do know is that hard drives are where you put the stuff, okay? It's where you put the information, you put the pictures, you put the, you put the charts, graphs, it's where for most of us you put the video games. And in the image you see that these are hard drives, but hard drives have a limited amount of space. They start off empty and then you start putting stuff in. Start putting your pictures, start putting your games, but then eventually it reaches a point where you start running out of room. And like you can see in the image, I don't know much, but I know this, red means bad. Red means you're running out of room. And in your hard drive, if you keep filling that up, what happens to your computer is your computer starts slowing down, starts getting bogged down. In other words, it's not living up to its fullest potential. And number two, there's just no space to do anything else. You want to download a new game? Too bad! No room. And we've been using this illustration to understand in the same way that your computer will never operate at its fullest when your hard drive is full you will never operate at your fullest if your life is always full. You've heard us use the analogy that we've been talking about the past few weeks, that you will never be able to breathe if you have no room in your schedule. If your schedule is always full, you're always busy, da-da-da-da-da, thing after thing after thing after thing, you'll always be stressed, always be anxious. There's like not enough time to get it all done. There's no room to breathe, there's just not enough time. And last week we talked about, there's a direct correlation between your schedule being full and your compassion. Like when you don't have time to think, you don't have time to care. People start telling you issues and you're like, man, I feel like I should feel bad about this, but like I don't because I'm so stressed and worried and anxious all the time. I don't have time for compassion. And in the same way you will never be able to breathe if there's no room in your schedule, you'll also never be able to breathe if there's no room in your finances. Now, here's the deal. I said finances. He said the F word, okay? Y'all are freaking out already. We're talking about money in church. And everyone's already heading for the X button. And people's hearts start getting all anxious. We start talking about money in church. But here's what I want you to get. Here's my promise to you. My number one motive behind today's message is actually not to get you to give. My number one motive is to get you to breathe. There are principles in the Bible that God wants us to live by, just like we've been talking about our schedule. That if you will manage your schedule God's way, you will be able to breathe. And the same way if we'll manage our money God's way, we will be able to breathe. God's number one motive today is not to get money out of you. God's number one motive is to get you to breathe. God is very little concerned with your green paper. He's very concerned with the fact that One of the number one leading causes of divorce is financial friction. Because a lot of times we're managing money in a way that God says, I know you're trying it your way, but I have a better way. A way that gives you room to breathe. God is concerned that many of us are staying up late at night freaking out because we don't have room. Our budgets are full. There's no room for anything else. We're freaking out. And God's desire today is for all of us, just like in this series, to be able to breathe, but God also knows that money has a huge impact in your life. And so if, as a church, we just keep ignoring something that affects our everyday lives. We'll never get down to the root issue that will help us to breathe. And so I'm gonna be upfront In today's message, we are gonna give people an opportunity to give, why? Not because we're concerned with money, but because if we study God's word, I believe there's a direct correlation between our ability to breathe and our ability to give. It is God's desire for you and I to be free. And one of those ways of freedom, I truly believe, is to be generous. So here's my challenge to you. I can't convince you to follow God's ways in any of the Bible. Like there's not a single message that I can teach that I can just persuade you into doing what the Bible says. Like it can't be done. I don't wanna do it that way. You might get hyped for a day, but then you're like, oh, I don't think I believe it anymore. And the same thing has to do with your finances. So here's my challenge to you. Don't give because I asked you. Don't give because I told you. Don't even give because I told you that I also do it. And I'm leading by example. (laughs) You have to give because you feel the Holy Spirit of God challenging your life. And that you want to live his way. And so here's the deal. If you don't feel God calling you to give, then don't. But here's my promise to you. I promise you that he will call you to do it. And I promise you that he will show you through his Holy Spirit that he offers a better way. And so I want to do right now is I want to pray and ask God to bless us and to help us to understand his word. And so, God, we just come before you. And right now, Jesus, we we just acknowledge if we've called ourselves a follower of Jesus, we are open to hearing your teaching in your way. And we make ourselves available, God, to understand your truth. Help us to follow you. In Jesus' name, amen. It was a group of people that, like they would do often, they would go up to Jesus, try to pull a fast one on him, always asking Jesus kinds of questions, trying to trap him and end up him being the bad guy. And a group of religious people go up to Jesus, and they're asking him the question, should you pay taxes, Okay. I don't know about you, but every time I read that verse, I'm like, Jesus, please let the answer be no. You know what I mean? Like, we're just reading them like, why can't he just say no? But unfortunately, he didn't say no, so people pay your taxes, all right? Praise God. But here's the deal. They're asking Jesus an issue and a topic about money, and Jesus doesn't say no, but he also doesn't say yes. He actually gives like a 5,000 IQ answer that I want to read to you as we dive into this conversation about finances this is mark 12 17 they're asking him should we pay taxes this is his answer jesus said to them give back to caesar what is caesar's and give to god what is god's and they were amazed at him and maybe you've read this verse before if you've been in church a long time you probably heard this verse and you might understand the very simple principle Give to Caesar what is Caesar's, pay your taxes, but then give to God what is God's. Give to the church, be generous, all those different things. And that is a true understanding of this verse. That would be accurate. But if that is your understanding of this verse, you have almost missed the entire point. This verse, and the reason Jesus' answer is so 5,000 IQ, is he didn't say yes, he didn't say no. What he's saying is this verse does not just have to do with money. It has to do with image. You see, because the coin they're talking about, Caesar's image is on this coin. So give to Caesar what his image is on. But if you understand the Bible, God has told us that we have been created in his image. So if you understand this verse, it's not just about money, it's about image. He is saying, give to Caesar what his image is on, but give to me what my image is on, and my image is on you. My image is on you. I created you in my image. So when we start having these conversations about money, you need to understand, Jesus like, you think this whole thing is about money? This whole thing is about you, and your heart, and your passion, and your love, and your affection. So what I need you to know about this week's message Next week's message is, sure, we're going we're gonna to talk about money. But don't misunderstand this message the same way that most people understand this verse. There's a why behind why we give. There's a why behind why we are generous. We don't give because we're obligated. We don't be generous because God needs our money. Like, I'll be honest, like, that statement, it's almost laughable to God. God. God's like I I spoke some words and the sun that would melt all of you alive appeared, and somehow you think like like I need some paper, <laughs> like I just picture God just like kek wing in heaven. Put a keck w in chat, like he's just laughing, going you, you you've missed you've missed the point. It's not about money, it's not about green paper, it's not that God wants money. It's that God wants you. He wants your heart. He wants your affection. He wants your love. That's why giving is an act of our worship. It's an act of how we show God, I trust you, I love you, and I'm thankful for you. Money is an issue of priority. And what I want to do today is I want to introduce maybe to some of you a principle you've never heard, and it's the principle of what's called first fruits. And first fruits is a principle that we actually see taught throughout the entire Bible, and it starts in the Old Testament. And I want to read a verse to you from the very, very beginning, one of the first books of the Bible, Leviticus 23.10, where we see this principle introduced, and then I want to break it down and understand what that means and how it correlates to the life we live today and how we manage money in a way that honors God. Leviticus 23.10. When you come into the land which I give you and reap its harvest... Then you shall bring a sheaf of the first fruits of your harvest to the priest. Another verse, Proverbs 3.9. And you'll see this more than 40 times in the Bible. Proverbs 3.9, but just to read a few. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all of your crops. Now, the principle of first fruits started in the Old Testament. And the thing you need to understand is, like, back then, people didn't have, like, they didn't have dollar bills, Whatever country it might be in, like they didn't use like paper currency way back in these days. For a lot of those people, their currency was the food that they grew. It was their crops. Like being a farmer was like very, very common back then. That was how they traded. It was how they ate. It's how they sustained themselves. But back then, that was their currency. When so, when you think of the idea of giving, they weren't giving money. They were giving God crops, and they were giving God first fruits. And the idea of first fruits was that the first of whatever they got, first they would give a portion to God. And it was very, very important that they gave the first fruits because what that showed God was God was priority. He got first. He got the best. Like, don't get me wrong, food that's been in the fridge for three days, I'll eat it. It's great. But ain't nothing like when it's fresh out of the oven, you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't serve my guests leftovers. I cook them a fresh meal because I give my guests the best. We don't normally pull out, you know, like paper plates, unless it's like real close friends. But like first people, like they come over, like we pull up the china home-cooked meal. Right? If like the two of you came out, my house, I'd be like, guys, I've had this in the fridge for six days. Hopefully. It's just a little bit of green. Cut that part off. You know what I mean? Like I'd give you the best. The principle of first fruits Is the principle that these people were giving God their priority? They were giving God their best, and so things worked way different back then, right? In today's world, like we get a paycheck every week, or some people bi-weekly, but back then, remember, like there's no money, there's crops and there's fruit, and you don't just like get fruit, like it just doesn't appear, like it doesn't end up like right, like direct deposit in your bank account. Like there is a process of growing it, you're tending to the field, and then what happened is for a lot of these people they would go months or even entire year until what came was harvest time. They spent all year working really hard, growing crops, planting stuff, tending to the weeds, and then all of a sudden, it's harvest time. That's when they would reap it. I spent all year working hard. Now I get to keep it. I'm going to take the fruit. I'm going to take the food, and now I get to eat it, trade it, sell it, whatever I want to do. But this was when they finally got their money. They would get their crops, and this is essentially when they would get their paycheck. Some of you' are like, "dang, I thought bi-weekly was bad. Never mind having to wait till harvest time." This is when they would get their paycheck. And the first thing they would do is they would say, "I'm going to give the freshest food, the freshest fruits, the first priority I'm going to give to God, as an act of my worship, as an act of my love. And as an act of showing God, you matter more to me than any of my possessions. You matter more to me than any thing that I have to do. And the reality is that back in those days, this was like a law they followed. But if you understand New Testament, what it looks like to be a Christian today, we're not just following a bunch of laws because we have to. But we're still following standards because we want to. In your marriage, you don't do nice things for your spouse because if you don't, you're going to go to jail or something. You do them because you love them and you want to serve them and you want to honor them. So when we give in the principle of first fruits, we're not doing it because of some law we have to follow. We're doing it because we're doing it out of a sheer heart of love saying, God, because I love you, I will give you my First fruits, I will make sure that you are a number one priority. And it's not just about money, it's about everything. Like everything that I have, God, is yours. I mean, we even read it in that verse, Leviticus 23. It said, when you come into the field which I give you, God's like, even the field you have is mine. Like I gave it to you, I created you, I have given you life, and I just want you as an act of your thanks, an act of your appreciation to honor me in every area and including your finances. But the beautiful thing about God is God never asks you to do something that he hasn't already done or isn't willing to do for you. Well why should I give my first fruits to God? Because God gave his first fruits to you. Read this verse with me. 1 Corinthians 15:20 The author writes, "But Christ has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. Paul here is calling Jesus the first fruit because when God sent his son to come down to the earth and save us, he didn't give us some leftovers. He didn't give us, like, well, I got like 17 sons and this kid's the stupidest, I'll send him down there. Like, no, he gave you his best. He gave you his first fruit. Like, when God sent his son Jesus to die, It wasn't like I've got multiple children, so if I lose one, at least i still got five left. He wasn't like, oh, well, I've got 10 kids, so if I give you 10%, at least I get to keep 90. No, God's like, I'm going to give you everything that I have. I'm giving you my only son to save you, to forgive you. And I'm not doing this because I have to. I'm doing this because I love you. And in the same way, when it comes to our money, we aren't giving money to God because we have to. We aren't giving money to God because if you don't, you won't go to heaven. You can never give God a dollar and you will make it to heaven. But he will ask you when you get there, didn't you love me? Didn't you trust me? Then in an area of your life that is so important, which is your money, why didn't you give it to me? Why didn't you pour out your affection? Why didn't you pour out your love? Was I not first? Was I not the priority? Was I not the greatest thing you ever had? And it's about a heart check. Asking ourselves, what do we value more, money or God? Because what you value and what your heart truly believes will determine the way that we manage our finances. And if we manage our money God's way, it will give us the room to breathe. And I know that it can sound kind of counterproductive. Well, I'm, I'm trying to think about like how to make more room in my budget. And you're wanting me to give God my first fruits. I believe there is a supernatural principle directly connected to our ability to breathe and our ability to give. And what I want to do now is I want to walk through what does first fruits look like in our world today. We could talk theoretical but like, oh, here's what they did in the old testament. What is first fruits living like today? We don't like I don't know about you, but I don't know anything about growing crops. Like I barely I barely pull the weeds out of my grass. Like I don't like I don't know nothing about farming. Like I'm not I'm not that guy. So if that's what it means today, I'm just already lost. Like I'm already done. And here's the deal everything that happens in the Bible can be understood in the modern world we live today. And what I want to try to do is I want to try to modernize this in today's world. So you're gonna see a few pictures on the screen, but let's talk about budgets. Everyone put a five in chat if you have a budget, or at least if somehow you like look at at least how much money's coming in versus going like, "Eh, please do something. (laughs) Like at least be aware of like your money in some way, shape, or form. Maybe y'all are not like super line item, everyone's different, whatever. But what you're gonna see on screen is a very, very basic understanding of a budget. Like very, 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 very basic, okay? I know y'all like oh well that my you know I make more than that a month or I make less or my health insurance is more everything is different, but for the sake of illustration, follow along that obviously this is a budget. And you see at the top you start with four thousand dollars, and for most people they get paid every week thousand dollars a month, very very simple to understand. And then in your budget you break down what everything costs, what everything spends, and then at the end you have a line item of what's left over. Some people try to aim it at zero, but whatever it might be, there's obviously math involved here. And for a lot of us, this is what we do with our budgets. We go, okay, well, I got to pay my mortgage, I got to pay my health insurance, I got to have money for food. I want to have some entertainment, so I don't lose my mind being bored all the time. And you allocate your money where you want to, and then at the very end, what we do is we go, okay, I got, I got twenty dollars left over. And we go, okay, well, if I got twenty dollars, well, then I guess, I guess I'll give that to God. I made sure that I did everything I wanted to do. I made sure that all of my needs were met with my money that I have. And now that I've done everything I want to do, I will give God what's left. I'm just going to throw God a quick 20. I don't even know what president's on the 20, whatever his name is. I'm going to throw that at Jesus. Like I'm just going to give God what's left. But the reality is, The flaw in this way we manage our money is it all starts with me first. The reality is if you are really going to live in a way that honors God with our money, we need to put God first. And if we start looking at numbers here, and we start talking about first fruits really meaning priority, what's most important? How do I show God my love and affection? I think most of us, right, average household income in the United States, $63,000 a year. So I think for most of us, we would agree, $20 is just not a priority. It's just not evidence of my affection. Most of us could lose $20 and you wouldn't even realize, unless you're like really like checking dimes and nickels, which honestly I don't like. You could probably lose $20 and not even like really realize. Like people buy People spend $20 to have a good laugh for a birthday present. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, literally, we were talking last night and my wife about buying a gift for someone. I was like, oh yeah, spend the $5. It's worth the laugh. Like a stupid gimmick that they're going to see, then they're going to throw it away. Like, $5 was worth, nothing wrong with that. But it, it's not my number one priority. It's not a clear evidence of my affection. And so when we start looking at the actual amount that we're giving, we believe in today's world that God has given us the freedom to pray and ask God, how generous do you want me to be? But we have to understand, like there is a line where it comes like, if I could lose this money and not care, it's probably not a way for me to show my affection. If I keep giving my spouse something that costs me nothing, like took me no time, no energy, didn't cost me any money, like she's probably not gonna feel very appreciated. If I just like last minute, like here's a napkin, like what? (laughs) What? Like, I got 500 of those. Like, how is this, how does this show me that I'm important? Like, you just got me a napkin. Like, it's not something of value. And all of this has to go back to our heart. And in the Old Testament, they taught a principle what's called tithing. And tithing was 10%. And I do believe that today, God, when he changed the rules, and we've talked about this in the past, but in today's world, God has given us the freedom that we don't have to give 10%. As to follow some law. But we do have to decide in our own hearts and ask God, how generous do you want me to be? And it's no longer about the number. It's no longer even about money at all. It's all about your affection. But if you're looking at this budget, for me, honestly, I think 10% is a great goal. I think it's a great place. I don't think it's a rule, but it might be a recommendation. Because 10% starts pulling at your heartstrings. 2%, $20, eh, whatever. But once you start getting to a place you're like, ooh, that's quite a bit, then it starts questioning your priority. Once you start getting to a number that is a little like, oh, that's that's getting pretty heavy, then you start realizing your own priority. How much am I really willing to give? towards the mission of the church and the kingdom of God, to show God that I love him. And that is a number only you and God can figure out. But you do have to start realizing that when I am challenged with the, ooh, does God mean that much to me? Do I love him that much? Do I trust him that much? That's where you start getting to a place where you're like, maybe God is challenging me. But if you start looking at this budget, you start realizing, hmm, these numbers don't add up anymore. Let me tell you something. I believe in the supernatural, wonder-working power of God, but I also believe in math. And this doesn't line up. <laughs> and some of y'all are probably already triggered. Some of y'all numbers, people in the chat. I wanted to let it sit there. I wanted it to eat you alive, the fact that the numbers, the budget doesn't line up. This is a simple matter of math that many of us cannot give God Anywhere near the amount you see on screen, which is 10%, which is a great goal of your finances. Most of us cannot give anywhere near that, and statistically, in the United States of America, most people don't give anywhere near that, but here's why. I believe it all has to come back to first fruits. We look at this number, we're like, well, I don't have room to give God 10% of my income, I don't have room to God to give a significant amount, but here's why we don't have room. Because we haven't practiced first fruits. Because when we sat down and did our budget, we put ourselves first. Well, what kind of house do I want to live in? What kind of car do I want to drive? And there's nothing wrong with nice houses and nice cars. But the principle is I looked at my budget and I said, what do I want? How much do I want to spend? How much do I, do I, do I, do I? And without saying it, what we're saying is, I'm first, God's second. And just like we talked about last week, when your schedule is full, there's no room for compassion. But in the same way, when your budget is full, there's no room for generosity. Like, it's, it's just a matter of math. There's not enough room left because I created a life that was me first. Rather than doing what I believe God wants to practice in our lives, which is first fruits, when when you are starting every decision that you make, you get on your knees and say, Holy Spirit, what do you want me to do? God, how much do I want to give? Because if we truly are living first fruits, then our budget looks a little bit more like this picture. Where the first thing that we do is we say, Holy Spirit, God, how much should I be giving to you as an act of my love and my worship and my affection and whatever you feel God's putting in your heart? It doesn't matter about the dollar amount. It matters that you asked God first. You asked him first. And then you designed your entire life with you second. We don't have room to be generous because we don't have room to put God first. You might be in a position right now you're like, man, I, I can't just start giving 10% of my income. Like, like, the numbers aren't there. And I totally get that. Like, math is math. But I believe in our modern world today, the reason that we don't have room to be generous is because we haven't practiced first fruits. But if we're going to be first fruits Christians, what we do first is we go, God, how much do you want me to give? First. Top of my budget. First line item. First priority. And then I'll live my life on what's left. I'll live my life on what's left. My wife and I, when we bought our house, we said, no, we, we can't afford that house because we give to God first. If God was asking us to give less, we could afford that house, but he's not. He's asking us to give this amount. So the math is just the math. If I first obey God, when my wife and I bought our house, there wasn't enough room to afford a bigger house. So we didn't get it. There wasn't enough room to buy an answer car. So we didn't get it. There wasn't enough room to go on a cooler vacation. So we didn't go, because God he got the first fruit god what do you want me to give it's not about the number it's not about an obligation it's about god first but now we're in a difficult spot because for many of us we've designed our lives with god first i mean with ourselves first and maybe you're like me but you can't just go out and get more money we talked about it the illustration. In a hard drive, this is what we do in our computers. We're like, oh, well, I need more space. So let me just go buy more storage. Yeah, that doesn't work in life. Your schedule just can't, you just can't get more time. And for many of us, you can't just like get more money. Well, so now we're at a crossroads. I've designed my life in a way where I don't have room to give to God. He's getting my leftovers, not my first fruits. And so I've been asking this question all throughout this series. If you're going to make room for God in your schedule and you're going to make room for God in your finances, what difficult decisions are you going to have to make to reprioritize and put things back in the order they should have been all along? And I know that's difficult. But God is worth our priority. And so maybe for some of you, I know this might be scary. Maybe you moved into a house that you probably shouldn't have. Maybe you bought a car that you probably shouldn't have because you didn't ask God first. When you buy, when you purchase, what you're saying is, I am in charge, not God. And so I don't know what decisions, if you feel the Holy Spirit calling you to live Him first, don't do it until He does, but I promise you that He will. If you're going to live with God first, What changes are going to have to happen on your budget? What are you going to have to cut? And for some of us, it might be more than just a canceling Netflix. For some of us, it might be like, man, I've got three cars, and if I had asked God, he probably would have said no. And it's not that God is against nice cars. It's that God knew if you get those three cars, you won't have any room for me. And I need to be your priority. If you can afford to give and buy a nice car, go for it. But it's all about the breathing room. This is why we stay up late at night worrying about money. Because we did it our way, instead of God's way. Because if we had asked God, He would have said, I know you want to live in the nicer apartment, but if you do, you won't have any breathing room, you're going to suffocate. But if you're just willing to humble yourself and live somewhere small and have room to breathe, you will have a better life. And so, when it comes to creating and brewing our, our budget, you're going to have to do your part to make room. But then you're also going to have to trust God for Him to make room. Let me explain what I mean. Let me read our final scripture before we end our time together. This is Malachi 3 10 to 12. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. The tithe was 10% of their income. We no longer believe this to be a rule and a mandate. But definitely a great recommendation. Essentially the principle is bring your giving. Bring your giving to God. That there may be food in my house. God is telling them, bring your first fruits to me. Right back then, it wasn't money, it was food. Bring your food as a gift to me so there may be food in the house. And then look what he says. It's one of the only areas in the Bible where God says, test me. Test me. Trust me with your produce, in today's world trust me with your finances says the Lord Almighty establishing himself right there, let me remind you I know I just gave you a really scary challenge trust me with your money now let me remind you of who's talking God, the Lord Almighty, who put the stars in their place, who created the universe who loves you more than you could ever imagine, that's the one who's speaking test me in this, and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it, and I will prevent pests from devouring your crops, and vines in your fields will not drop their fruit before it's ripe, says the Lord Almighty. Then all the nations will call you blessed, for yours will be a delightful land again, says the Lord Almighty." continuing to reestablish, here's who's talking. I know it's a scary challenge, trust God with your money, but remember, I am God, I am with you, and I will take care of you. Let's put verse 10 back up on the screen, the second half of that verse. Look what God says, I will, if you do this, I will throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be enough room to store it. Here's the deal. So many of us are frightened that I don't have enough room to give it. But if you would trust God, He would make it so that you don't have enough room to store it. There is God promising and establishing a covenant that I will take care of you. I will provide for you supernaturally. If you need breathing room, make room for God. At the top of your list and the first part of your budget he is my priority and I promise you today for many of us if you don't have room in your finances it might be because you haven't made room for God because if you did his promise is in play that I will take care of your finances there is a supernatural element of faith that I know is scary I know we can so easily throw in the verse, well, God loves a cheerful giver. And sometimes it freaking hurts to give a lot of money, man. Like, sometimes, like, bro, like, I, I'm really confronted with this light bill that I need to pay. And God saying, do you trust me? Like, I'm not always, like, cheerful about it. But it's about, it's about sacrifice. So worried that we don't have enough room to give it, but if we trust God, He'd make it so we don't have enough room to store it. He will take care of you if you'll live according to first fruits. And here's what I haven't told you: the Bible, as many of you know, wasn't written in English. The Old Testament was written mostly in Hebrew, and really, the word for first fruits in the Hebrew language is the word bikkurim. But what you might not know about this word, becorum, their word for first fruits, that the definition is actually promised to come. That's what becorum means. That's what first fruits means. So what I want you to understand is that when God is asking you to give him your first fruits, what he is saying is if you'll obey me, there is a promise to come. That I will take care of you that I will bless you and that if you will honor me, I will honor you. If you will make room for me so that you can give it, I will make room for you to store it. I will provide for you, I will make a way. God is a promise keeper. He never fails, he never disappoints. He is God. And so I told you at the beginning of this message, I, I, I can't convince you to become generous. I also can't convince you to trust God. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. I don't want you to be persuaded or coerced or hyped up. This is a, for some of us, this is a massive life change. For some of us, like, you might have to go sell your car. Like, this is huge. I can't just convince you to start following the Bible. And so what I want to do is I want to give us an opportunity right now to go before God and to pray and ask the Holy Spirit and to respond to what he's teaching. And here's the deal. I know that we normally do our giving at the end of our message, but for some of you, the Holy Spirit's already stirring in your heart to start giving and trusting God as your first fruits. And for some of us, that, that opportunity like, might be right now with an actual tangible response of, you know what, I'm gonna give to God right now through God's Squad God Church. Not because I have to, not because someone's coercing me, But because I feel God is telling me to do so. And if you don't feel God put in your heart, that's cool. And just spend a few minutes and pray. But I promise you, if you're really listening to his word, he will challenge you to be generous. Not because he cares about the money, but because he cares about your heart. And so there are multiple ways that you can give here at God Squad Church. You guys see it in the video every single week. There'll be links in the chat. You can click on the panel below. You can give through PayPal either one time or monthly. You can go to our website, GodSquadChurch.com to set up very easy to give. You can take out your cell phone and text the number 84321, give any amount that you want. Those links will be in the chat. And again, it's not even about the dollar amount. It's about the principle. Is God first? And so what I want to do is I want to I step aside and allow Amanda to sing and lead us into worship. And I want you to take these extra minutes to pray. And maybe right now you ask God, God, how much should I give? And maybe for some of you, you need to ask God first, like, should I even give? you haven't been convinced by the Holy Spirit, do that first. I can't coerce you. Allow the Holy Spirit to sharpen your heart. Put you in a place where you want to give and then figure out, God, what, what is that going to be? And then take a step of faith. Pecorum, the promise to come. He will take care of you. And so I just invite you right now to take a few moments to pray. As Amanda, leave us worship.
1: give myself away
0: Opportunity to get along with God and to pray and ask him to shift your heart to him being the first priority. And again, that's not even just about money. It's about everything in your life. God, help me to put you first. And I want to thank you so much for those that are taking that step of faith and giving here at God Squad Church. And if you had an opportunity, if you hadn't had a chance to do that, I'd invite you to do that even right now by clicking those links in the chat. But I also know for some of you, like this conversation of first fruits is so big, like you might not be able to give right now, like you and your and your wife might have to sit, sit down and have a conversation. Like, this, this is not just like a donation. Like, it's a lifestyle change. It's mean, a, a big thing. But all of our lives, I promise you, when we do it God's way, I promise it's a better way. And for many of you, we're talking about giving ourselves to God. And here's the first thing I want to encourage some of you to do. It doesn't just start with your wallet. It starts in your heart making a decision to become a follower of Jesus is the greatest thing I've ever done and when I do give it's out of appreciation that he saved me that he forgave me that he cleansed me of my sin and I want to tell you some of you right now the first thing that you need is you need a relationship with Jesus not about following rules it's about knowing God and I want to tell you no matter what you've been through he loves you today He sent his son Jesus Christ to die on the cross for you. He lived a perfect life and he died. And on the third day he rose again showing you nothing is too big for me. Nothing is too strong for me. I have died to save you from your sins. You can have a new start if you will put your trust in Jesus. And the Bible says that if you just believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. I know that there's a million questions about what all this means. And we want to walk you through that. But it starts with you making a decision today. I want to become a follower of Jesus. I believe the Holy Spirit's calling you by name. He loves you, wants to invite you into his family. It doesn't matter who you are, what you've been through. Today, I believe, could be your day where you begin a new life of following Jesus. And if that's you, we, we want to pray a prayer with you. It's just the beginning and entry point of you saying to God, yes, I want to follow you. And if that's you, i didn't invite you to pray this prayer with me as you say yes to follow Jesus. Pray this with me. God, I thank you that you sent Jesus Christ to die on the cross for me. And I ask you today, God, to forgive me of my sins, and I invite you to be my Lord and my Savior. Help me, God, to follow you, to love you, and to trust you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name. Amen. Ladies and gentlemen, will you put your hands together and put some hype in the chat to thank those and celebrate those that are saying yes to follow Jesus. Praise God.
2: Hey, congratulations once again to those of you that are accepting Jesus Christ for the first time in your life and making that decision. Or maybe you just rededicated your life and, hey, I want you to do something bold for me right now. We want to see who you are and see those people so we can congratulate you you and also celebrate with you as well. So if you just accepted Jesus Christ for the first time in your life, if you could do me a favor and type a yes in the chat that you have made this decision that you are a follower of Jesus Christ at this very moment. Moment right now. We just want to, we want like I said, we want to celebrate with you and we want to see you as well. And hey, if you did make that decision today, if somebody could do me a favor and type exclamation point next level in the chat, what I would ask you to do if you made this decision is to click on that link. It will send you to a form that we ask you to fill out with as much information as you feel comfortable giving. But this is going to give us a way to be able to give you some resources as there's a lot of questions that you might have after accepting Jesus Christ. There's a big Bible, right? It's got a lot of books in it. Where do I start reading? What is this? baptism thing that you guys talk about. We want to be able to answer those questions for you and be able to walk on this journey with you. So if you just made that decision today, I would ask you, make sure to click on that link and don't hesitate to fill out that form.